They say the city of Detroit knows a thing or two about resilience. That when the jobs left and buildings began to crumble, it was the hardworking people that put it back together, brick by brick, day by day. And while the rest of the world watched and mocked from afar, it was the blue collar people and the spirit of Detroit that pressed on, determined to describe their own narrative, confident that their once proud city would thrive again. There's a team like that too, written off by the masses year after year, a team that no outsider believed in, one that no one respected, that nobody believed could survive within the mighty movement that is college football. But that team pressed on. What started with a belief that they could challenge anyone, anytime, anywhere, turned into a self-started resurgence, practice by practice, game by game, brick by brick. A foundation restored by men who dared to be different with calloused hands and collars of blue. They've rewritten the script. So isn't it fitting that this team and this city will meet with a trophy on the line? A chance to finish the job and write history that no one can take away. Eastern Michigan, Pittsburgh, one game, one opportunity to cement the new legacy of EMU football. All roads have led here. We'll see you in the D. Welcome to the Eastern Michigan University Football Pregame Show on WEMU 89.1 FM. Now, let's go live to the stadium. Here's Greg Steiner. Just a short trip down Interstate 94 is all the further that the Eastern Michigan football team has to make for its fifth all-time postseason appearance as tonight it battles the University of Pittsburgh in the sixth installment of the Quick Lane Bowl. At the beginning of the year, Eastern's goal was to make it to Ford Field, only they expected it to be in early December for the Mid-American Conference Championship game. Instead, this evening, the Eagles will get the late Christmas gift of playing in their own backyard for a bowl game. Happy holidays to you and yours as we get you set for the third all-time meeting between Eastern Michigan and Pitt. I'm Greg Steiner. On the show, we'll hear from a pair of seniors who have helped change the narrative about EMU football with conversation with senior All-Mac defender Brody Hoying, as well as a visit from senior second-team All-Mac quarterback Mike Glass. Initially, Matt Shepard will catch up with former Michigan State defensive coordinator and fifth-year head coach Pat Narduzzi of Pitt. Plus, Tom Helmer will have his usual pregame chat with Eastern Michigan head coach Chris Creighton. Creighton has led the Eagles to -to back-to-back postseason appearances for the first time in consecutive seasons and for the third time in four years overall at EMU. It also presents an opportunity to slay another dragon with a chance to knock off a Power 5 team twice in the same year. Of course, we all remember back in early September when the Eagles walked off the University of Illinois. Here's the snap. The hold is down. The kick is up. And this one is good. The clock has expired. Go ahead and blow the factory whistle. The men from Ypsilanti are bringing home a paycheck that reads Eastern Michigan 34, Illinois 31. However, the opposition is no slouch as the Panthers are playing in their 35th all-time postseason game after finishing with a 7-5 record in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Last year, Pitt won the ACC's Coastal Division before serving as a speed bump for the Clemson Tigers in route to their college football playoff championship. Narduzzi's squad eked out wins over Ohio and Delaware, but upset number 15 UCF and gave number 13 Penn State a scare earlier this season. 
Pitt's offense has been a challenge, scoring just 20 points in six contests this year, but they are stout defensively, giving up just 302 yards a game on defense. Meanwhile, Eastern's offense has averaged more than 280 yards a contest through the air alone, but the team has struggled defensively to stop the run in 2019. These two teams are also known for playing exceptionally tight contests. The two schools rank third and fourth nationally in that category, with Pitt having played in eight one-possession games, while Eastern's played in seven. We're just getting started on the show after a quick timeout. We'll talk some defense with Brody Hoying on this special edition of the EMU Football Pregame Show. This is the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from WEMU and Learfield IMG College. Welcome back to the Quick Lane Bowl Pregame Show. I'm Greg Steiner. Creating a winning culture is something that head coach Chris Creighton has set out to do since his arrival at EMU. In changing the culture, Creighton has leaned on a group of seniors that have compiled 25 wins over four years. For senior Brody Hoying, winning has been ingrained in his DNA, making postseason appearances in all but one season since he was in junior high school. For him and a group of five seniors, this will be the third bowl trip for them. I caught up with Brody and asked him what it means to be the first student-athletes in program history to do it. Uh, it's special. You know, me and, like you said, the four other guys, we do this for everyone that's been in the program in the past that hasn't been able to do it, and for everyone in the future of the program. So we're just trying to lay down the foundation and the, the really the platform for the, the future of this. We just want to leave it better than we found it. And like I said, we do it for everyone in the past in this program that, that wasn't able to do it. So it's pretty special. When you look back at your career, only six other people besides yourself have been able to be named All-Mac three times. You were able to become a, a guy that uh, coaches throughout the league respect. What does it mean when you get accolades like that and people recognize what you've been able to do on the field? Uh, it's cool. You know, it's a it's a really cool feeling, but I, I give the credit to not only my coaches, but the other guys on the field with me, you know. Uh, they're all doing their job, which makes it easier for me to just do my job and, and to make the plays that I'm making. I, I give, give the credit to the coaches, you know, they're putting me in that position. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's other guys on this team who could be doing similar things to what I'm doing. So it's just, uh, it's cool, you know, to be honored like that, special. You look at your stats right now, you sit second in the MAC and 14th nationally in interceptions a lot of times it's right place right time but you've been able to be in those spots in those situations is it coaching planning or just pure luck sometimes uh luck's always got to be a tiny part of it i'd say uh but i think it's preparation whether it's the film preparation or on field preparation i have a i do a lot of film study so just seeing little things about the opposing offense helps a lot but but yeah, there's a saying that our coach Nethery always says, and uh, Vince Calhoun said it in the locker room after one of our tough losses. He said, you don't rise to the occasion, you default to your training. So although luck is always right there, I, I think 99% of it's just the preparation. Here with senior Brody Hoying, 2015, th- going back your freshman year, suffering an injury, having to sit out that year, and you've had bumps and bruises over the time, but Looking back at your career, 247 tackles, seven forced fumbles, six interceptions. What kind of stands out the most to you? Uh, the bowl games, the big wins. All that stuff adds up, and, and it's cool to look back at all those numbers and stuff, but I'm not going to be remembered as as the guy with 247 tackles and, and six picks, whatever it is. I'll be remembered as one of those classes that went to the three bowl games versus only one in the past you know, 30 years, so that's that's special. When you look back at your high school days, winning was contagious. Cold water, 
known for great football in the state of Ohio. You played in four state championships, won three of your final state championships, and then you hear Eastern Michigan come calling. They hadn't won. What attracted you to come to EMU? Well, that's a good question. Um, coming from a winning program where it, the foundation's already laid down is easy, and I had already walked into that. So the challenge that was presented to me, you know, with, with me, like my, uh, you know, not only winning mentality, but but edge to always want to win. I just, I, I took that challenge and just uh, really ran with it. You know, I saw it as an opportunity for me to do something different. And like I was trying to say, um, competitive edge is just always there. So be able to come here and be able to kind of flip that is something that I envisioned. And I was like, that'd be really cool. And it wasn't just me, but being a part of it. Uh, looking back, I know it hasn't really hit me yet, but within 10, 15 years, looking back to see what me and the other seniors and the other guys that have been in this program with me have done, it's going to be a really cool thing to look back on. Three consecutive times this team has been able to knock off Big Ten competition, winning, playing that role as the underdog. What's the legacy that you hope that this group of seniors can be remembered for? Uh, to knock off two Power Five teams in one season would be would be awesome. But like I was talking about before, the legacy is just laying down the foundation and the platform and the standard of this program now is to go to a bowl game. You know, So not only would be beating a Power 5 team for the second time in a season be a legacy, but that's not the overall goal of this senior class. It was to, it was to come in here and set the standard that, that this isn't a losing program anymore. It's a program that is ability to compete for MAC titles and, and go to a bowl game you know, year in and year out. Get the opportunity to play basically in your backyard against a pit team that comes in maybe overlooking Eastern Michigan in a little bit because they're thinking, okay, we're an ACC opponent having to play a MAC opponent. What have you been able to see out of Pitt so far? Uh, we respect them a lot. We think they're a good team. They've had their ups and downs this year, just like we've had our ups and downs. So um, we're not going to attack this game like like there's some Goliath and this is you know some type of obstacle that we can't overcome. We think we can win this game. And although a lot of people are looking as and I don't know if they're in, if they're looking at it as that as a mismatch or not, but we're coming in just with the same mentality we've had every week. Just prepare, go out and attack, attack their weaknesses, use our strengths, and then. See what happens at the end of the game. What will this defense need to do to be successful today? Play together. Uh, everybody do their job every play. Try to limit their explosive plays and, and uh, just make the plays when they present themselves. Counting down to kickoff in Detroit as Eastern Michigan is looking to post consecutive winning seasons for the first time since the late 1980s. Part of that success for Eastern has been through the play of senior quarterback Mike Glass. A native of St. Louis, Glass has been electric, leading the Mid-American Conference in total offense and has the opportunity to cement his place in the EMU record books even more. Last year, Glass got the start and nearly carried Eastern Michigan to a win over Georgia Southern in the Camellia Bowl. I caught up with him and asked him what it feels like to become the first ever EMU quarterback to start in two postseason games. Um, that's crazy. I didn't know that until just now. Um, yeah, that's surreal. Like, and this is a program that's been around for a long time. 128 years. Yeah, for for me to be the first. I mean, it's just a blessing from God. You know, I wasn't even supposed to be in this situation. Um, but God, but God and Coach Creighton gave me this chance to have this opportunity to lead this team to two bowl games, and I'm just thankful and grateful. As you reflect back on the year, a record-setting year, uh, second team All MAC. You're 188 yards away from tying a pretty good quarterback in his own right, and Charlie Batch. For the all-time record in a single season for total offense right now, you're closing on that record two touchdowns away from his single season record as well. When you hear a name like Charlie Batch and you're in the same 
comparison as him. What does that say? I mean, first of all, he's a he's a great guy and a and a great he was a great football player. And um just to be recognized um with him is is amazing. Um it's a blessing. I, I worked hard for it and I mean um I just, it's crazy that I'm even in a consideration with him. Like I said, your journey is one that a lot of people may have have not continued to fight and and done what you have. Three high schools, two junior colleges, having to sit out your first year on campus at Eastern Michigan. How has this journey made you stronger? Um, I had to deal with a lot of adversity. Once you deal with a lot of adversity, you get used to adversity. And it's no longer adversity. It's just a part of of life, a part of how you go about your day. You know how to deal with it. I have a lot of experience experience with overcoming adversity. So that's just what it, it helps me a lot. It helped me a lot. Who was the biggest factor in helping you get through those moments that may have been like, well, it's it's tough, but they kept going. Um, I can't just say one person, but I'll for sure say my mom and my family. Um, they were always by my side through each and every situation. They helped me make all the hard decisions and they were just always there. Um, even when when I thought that I, I couldn't go no more, they pushed me and they made sure that I kept going. And that's the reason I'm here where I am today. You get a lot of flexibility and the ability to lead this team through Coach Keen's offense mm-hmm. and Coach Creighton. They give you the opportunity at the line to make some decisions and calls that maybe some of your peers wouldn't get the opportunity what has that meant and how have you grown with that ability is to make those calls? It means a lot to me, first of all, because um, they have trust in me and they believe in my um, football IQ that, that I can get us in a in a right play call to help our offense um, score points. And um, it helped me a lot because uh, I'm trying to get to the next level. And at the next level, they make a lot of calls at the line of scrimmage. So I have to get used to that. I have to uh, get better at it. Um, I'm just thankful that they allowed me to do that. With Eastern Michigan record-setting quarterback Mike Glass, this is a opportunity that you will have. For a while, you may not have known what was coming. You threw the interception against Kent State. That mm-hmm. left a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Having to sit around, ponder, do I get another opportunity? Does that only fuel the fire a little bit more? Oh, yeah, because um, I didn't feel good after that after that game. Um, I knew I could have um, had a better game, and um, I didn't want my college career to end that way. You know, for me to have um, come out here and get a dub against um, a great team um, of Pitt and just continue to just leave on the right note, um, that's what that's that's the kind of feeling I want to have. You mentioned Pittsburgh, a defense that will create some challenges. 49 sacks they have had this season. I, I know you're still in, in preparation mode as we're recording this interview leading up to the bowl, but what have you seen or what will this offense need to do against them? Um, We just have to take the same approach that we took in Illinois. When we played Illinois, they were leading the sack, uh, leading the nation in sacks. So we just have to make sure that we uh, don't give up, don't give up any sacks. You know, um, take what the defense give us and just continue to um, make right reads, the right decisions. Get the ball out quick. You look at the guys that you go on the field with for the final time, guys like Steven Nielsen, who's been able to protect you, Arthur Jackson at the wide receiver spot, Shaq Van behind you. What has that cast of characters meant to you? I mean, it means a lot. Um, These guys work very hard and very talented. And uh, for us to... For this to be our last game together, we have to just go out there, give it all, have fun, and, you know what I'm saying, just leave it all out there. So many people have talked about leaving a legacy. Mm -hmm. Only Ron Adams has ever 
quarterback to team at EMU to a bowl championship. He did so in 1987 at the California Bowl. Have you thought about what it might be to stand on stage there and hoist that trophy? Yeah, I think about it all the time. Um, you know, that's that's the goal. We have to reach that goal. We have to get there. We have to do, we have to prepare. We have to work hard. Um, and then when game time gear, we have to execute in order for us to get to that point. And when we get to that point, it's going to feel so great. Last week, you were able to walk across the stage in a different way mm-hmm. as you stood there in your cap and gown and earned your diploma. Uh, of course, the NFL is everybody's goal and, and you're going to have pro day coming up and everything else. But earning the gr- a degree, I know, is extremely important as well. Oh, yeah. My mom, she <laughs> she was on me about walking the stage because I didn't I didn't really want to walk. I just get the diploma, but she made me walk. She told me she was coming back up here and she was going to um, watch me walk. And it, w- it was a great moment for my whole family. There was a lot of people came out to see me graduate and walk across the stage and they were just all happy. So I was happy because they were. After the break, Matt Shepard joins the show as he sits down with Pat Narduzzi, talk about his team season and the keys to Pitt's defense after this. You're listening to the Eastern Michigan Football Postseason Show on 89.1 WEMU. You're listening to Eastern Michigan Football from WEMU and Learfield IMG College. We're back at Ford Field. Pat Narduzzi's done an unbelievable job at the University of Pittsburgh in his fifth season. And over that stretch, only two teams in the ACC have had more conference wins. Coach, congratulations on the success. When when we think of, of Pittsburgh right now, we think immediately toward your defense because of just how good that defense is. What makes your defense elite? You know, I think obviously it's the personnel and, and our coaches have done a great job. I think, you know, it's always players and coaches that, that make it. I think um, you know, the scheme we run, our kids have finally figured it out a little bit. They understand what they're doing, how they're doing it. And and like I said, every year we're going to get a little bit better as far as the personnel that we bring to Pittsburgh. Lead the nation in sacks, 98 tackles for losses. Very impressive. But I think too often times in the media, we label programs and we label conferences and we label coaches. You are labeled as a defensive genius. Does that bother you? And how have you gotten better offensively as a head coach? You know what? Uh, you know, again, I'm not, a you know, big offensive guy, obviously, but, you know, I've, I've hired our coaches to do their job. And I think any good uh, football coach is going to let his defense coordinator do his deal, his offense coordinator do his deal and special mm-hmm. teams and, you know, going to all oversee it and, and have the final say on what we do on most phases, but try not to step. But, you know, I, again, you are what you grew up to be. And I'm a you know defensive guy. I, I, I think I'm far from being a genius. Uh, I don't know if I'd use that G word, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, We've got a good football team. We've got a great staff, and, and, and I love our kids. you got kids who are 19, made their first career starts this year, eight true freshmen. How does that help you? How has that helped you during the season, and how beneficial do you think that will be for you moving forward? Well, playing with those young guys, I don't know if it's helped us or hurt us. Okay. Um, you know, we've had some young guys make some mistakes that, that, that have cost us some football games, but that's part of the growing process. Okay. Um, they've obviously certainly helped us as, as uh, the year has gone on and made some nice plays, but, you know, uh, you know, we're trying to put our best players on the field, give them an opportunity to make plays. And, and I don't care if they're seniors or freshmen or true freshmen, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, we'll just continue to, to get better as a football team. You've been around football a long time. You know, we obviously gravitate toward quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett's in his second full season as a starter, and he is ninth in the country in passing, 11th in completions per game at 23 per game. What makes him a special player? Well, you know, it starts with, you know, his mindset. I mean, Kenny's a very, very intelligent kid that knows what he's doing on the field. Um, you know, he, he, he's got great accuracy. He can put the ball wherever it wants to be in the cold weather, um, in a wet weather. He, he's very accurate. And, and uh, you know, Kenny's an excellent football player. 
Special teams is always important too. Alex Kessman, I don't know how many times you ask about your kicker, but he's fourth all time in Pittsburgh scoring. How, how, what kind of luxury is that to have as a, as a special player like that? You know, the last four or five games, you know, uh, Alex, you know, a Michigan native has been outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he struggled early in the year. He changed some things in the offseason as far as what he was doing. Uh, he's in a little rut, which, you know, NFL kickers get in ruts. Uh, we got him out of the rut. So that's a tribute to our coaching staff, mm -hmm. um, you know, on the mental and physical part of it. We didn't get down on him. He didn't get down on himself. We picked him up and, and brought him back. And, and he's finished this year as strong as could be. And he'll be an NFL kicker someday. Coach, it's great to have you back in the state of Michigan. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thanks for the time. Thank you very much. And hail to Pitt. All right. Pat Narduzzi, the head coach of the University of Pittsburgh. We're back with more after this. This is Eagles football on 89.1 WMU. This is your home for Eastern Michigan football, the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Our Quick Lane Bowl pregame show rolls on. Joining us now, the head coach, Eastern Michigan University, Chris Creighton. And coach, it's uh, it's an exciting time of the year. It's bowl season. It feels good. And uh, have, have you learned anything through your first couple bowl games that that you've applied to this year? Absolutely. You know, all three are different. Um, and I think that every one would, would always be different, but there are some some principles or, or things that we definitely want to apply throughout and that and it's really kind of how we run our program. You want to enjoy and have fun doing what you're doing, but part of enjoying and part of having fun is working incredibly hard and having a laser focus, you know, when it's time to have that laser focus on what it is that you've been training to do with your brothers for so long, you know, to take advantage of that opportunity. So you know, we, we want to enjoy it um, and, and, and embrace it. And at the same time, you know, we want to be at our absolute best. And so our preparation has been really good and we're super excited. About I, I guess selfishly, I'm happy for a guy like Mike Glass, whose college career won't end on an interception or a loss, but has a chance to go out there technically in front of a home crowd. You're playing in your backyard and, and, and not get a chance for redemption, but get a chance to end it in a better way. There's no question that walking off the field uh, the day after Thanksgiving, which is a long time, it just, it, it didn't feel like we were done, but we put ourselves in a situation where we didn't know whether we would be or not. And it just, the locker room um, after that game was awkward. I mean, it just was like, it's, it's over, but maybe not. And that just did not go the way that, that we wanted it and needed it to go. And so you're right. Now, this is going to be a huge task um, to come out victorious uh, in this game. But we have the opportunity to play great football, you know, again, together as a family. And when we've played great football, you know, great things have happened. Going to any bowl game is great. This one's different in that it's in Detroit. It's essentially an extension of a home game. How important is it to you to play in this particular bowl game? Very. I mean, very. I mean, I was so glad that we went to the Bahamas in 2016, and I thought that the Camellia Bowl was a great place and a great opponent and ended up being a great game uh, for us last year. But honestly, um, there is no place that I'd rather be this year. It just it, it seems right, you know, that we get to play at Ford Field on December 26th where, you know, the 150,000 living alumni that live within driving range can come and celebrate and support and just have, you know, an awesome night cheering on um, Eastern Michigan football. And, um, and so we are thrilled uh, to be here. 
Um, it is an incredible stage, you know, for us to be able to play such a great opponent um, and play another Power Five program. All of those things in Ford Field as the home team with a chance for us to, you know, to do something crazy. What's funny is this team said all season they wanted to get to Ford Field. Now they were talking about the MAC Championship, <laughs> yep. but you got there in a different way, and still you get to take your team there and say, "Look at this is the goal. This is what we want to be here every year." It's nice to be standing in that facility and get a chance to send that message, doesn't it? There's there's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's it's eerie um, how everything has worked out in so many different ways. You know, you never thought about it for a bowl game, but you're right. You know, we want to be here. And, you know, there'll be a trophy handed out. And there'll be, you know, uh, team hugging and, you know, crying and celebrating and, and all of those things. And, again, I mean, it is going to take uh, an incredible effort um, by us to make that, a reality, but we are going to give it everything. And it was important to the senior class, many I've talked to, they wanted to establish bowl games are the standard now at Eastern Michigan. And it's easier to say at the start of the year than to actually do it, but they've done it and gotten this team back to that level. And you can see it on their faces, the importance of getting this team into the postseason, not just this year, but on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, it. it uh, the context of that answer, you know, needs to be known. The standard that that's a high standard now. Mm-hmm. That it is very very difficult, <laughs> very difficult, you know, to do that year in year out. And so, you know, we were you know pretty close to to go into two bowl games in four years. You know, three and four is a different story. Um, and so, I want to be careful with saying, "Hey, this is going to happen every year." It's going to take an incredible effort mm-hmm. um, every single year to scratch and claw you know, to be bowl eligible. So um, do we want that to be a year in and year out thing? Absolutely. Um, but it's not something that we can take for granted. What is it going to mean to you to see these seniors play for the last time? When you stepped on the field at the factory against Kent State, there was that thought like, we we hopefully we'll have one more game. Now you know for sure this is the end of the line for guys like Mike Glass, Shaq Van, and Calhoun and those players. Yeah, there's 22 of them. Yeah. And so, you know, we've, we, we basically earned another month to be together. And that, to be honest with you, that's really the, probably the primary reason that you just didn't want it to end the day after Thanksgiving. It was too soon. And, you know, you don't want to not be together ever again. I mean, that banquet would have been the last time that that group would have ever been together again. And uh, so, you know, to be able to have practice time and meeting time and being around each other time, the excitement of, a bowl and traveling and the experience of all that. And then to have one final game where everybody knows, like you said, that this is it. Um, that's special. You mentioned the the football banquet. It, the banquet starts, as you said, you don't know what the future is. Then the call comes in and you get to tell your team and the families and everybody we're going bowling. 245. I got up to speed <laughs> and we did not know. And so I said, Scott, I'm taking my phone. And so I went up there and at 329, I still have it on my phone. I'm going to keep it forever. He texted quick lane. Um, and then the bubbles came up and it said, uh, no social media. <laughs> like we weren't supposed <laughs> to tell anybody. So I had two different speeches. You know, one was, you know, um, everybody grabs somebody's hand because this is the last time we're all going to be in the room together. <laughs> you know, and then everybody grabs somebody's hand and lift it up high, baby, because we're going bowling, you know. And I didn't know, you know, how how, how that banquet was going to end up. But it sure was sweet being able to tell guys that uh, we're not done. When you haven't played since the day after Thanksgiving and now you have a bowl game, how do you manage emotions 
and getting to game day so that you, you know, for lack of a better word, don't peak too early. Yeah. It, you know, it's such a long way out from when you get to know that you're going. Um, so there's obviously some initial excitement and you want that, but then, you know, our guys had finals, you know, right. um, we're out on the road recruiting for a couple of weeks, having official visits. The guys are having to finish strong academically and, and, uh, crush their finals. But once the finals ended and national signing day, you know, was over, we have the, the bowl practices on the week, this last weekend before the game, and then go to the bowl together. And, um, you know, that there's, there's no question of the excitement. Coach, it's an exciting time for Eastern Michigan football. Best of luck in this bowl game. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. Head coach, Chris Creighton. Thanks, Tom. One more time out before we head back to Ford Field to rejoin Matt Shepard, Tom Helmer, and Rob Rubick for all the exciting action of Eastern Michigan football in the 2019 Quick Lane Bowl. You're listening to Eastern Michigan postseason football on 89.1 WEMU. This is your home for Eastern Michigan football, the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Back inside Ford Field as their halftime show rolls on. An opportunity now to talk with local product Matthew Sexton. It's been about as big a moment as you could ask for throughout your Eastern Michigan career. If you seem to find that those big moments you shine the most. A pump block against Central Connecticut State. Another one last year against Jordan Southern in the Camellia Bowl. And then touchdown catches against Purdue and Illinois. You think of those moments, what stands out to the most at you? What stands out? It's just something you do, you know, you do every every day. You know, we work, we practice it every day. Uh, it's something that we go through, you know, throughout, throughout the whole week of practice. Punt, you know, blocking the punts. Um, um, it's just something that that you work on, and it's when your big time moments come, you you got to make them. You know, it's you know practice. Your preparation meets your opportunity, or opportunity meets preparation. You know, and it's um, I think I prepare very well for situations like this. So um, yeah, I mean the preparation is on point. So. Some people shy away when you're the starting wide receiver on a team, having your best season. A lot of people would say, okay, maybe special teams I'll stay away from. But if anything, that's an area that. This team, people pride themselves to be on special teams. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge part of the culture, man. It's it's something that special teams is is huge. You know, if you can down a punt, you know, specifically, you know, if you can down a punt inside the three, you know, your chances of going down and driving ninety seven yards to go score is is very very small. You know, and so stuff like that. You know, you go block a punt. There's like I don't, I don't know a specific like statistic, but I think it's like like eighty percent of games if you block a punt, you're winning it or something. It's something crazy, and it's. Um, you know, stuff like that. And I think it starts with the older guys, you know, like I pride myself on special teams. You know, I, I love Coach Nunez. I think he does a really good job. So I pride myself in what I do on special teams. And I think that's actually going to be my ticket into the NFL, you know, so that's that's where I come from, you know, and I think that's that's a huge it's a huge thing for for football programs to understand that special teams is a huge part of the game. As a kid from Southeast Michigan, the opportunity to play at Eastern Michigan, maybe some people were like, why would you go there? They hadn't won. You were able to do a lot in high school, but you came in undersized with a chip on your shoulder, kind of that same EMU mentality. Yeah, I mean, it's you definitely get that, you know, when I so when I signed, they were that huge article came out about going division two you know i think pretty sure that was a couple days after i signed so that was that was a little scary but you know I, n- I never had my doubts at all you know i never i always got you know in high school got told that you know why eastern why you know they're terrible they're this and that you know i just said you know you just wait you know things things are different um because i you know i knew the guys that were coming in and and watching their highlight tapes in high school and just knowing that you know like vince and kev and, and you know it's just 
some 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 big names that you're going to be seeing playing on Sundays too. When the opportunity presented itself to put on the deuce, the number two, the dishonor of Demarius Reed, uh, what was the first thing that you thought about when you got that honor? Man, there was a lot. There was a lot of thoughts going through my mind. Um, I mean, I was I was honored. I was uh, you know, I was kind of in. I, w- I wouldn't say doubt a little bit, maybe, but it just kind of like like it can't kind of just came to a surprise, you know, because we weren't we weren't really sure who was about to get it, you know, and it was it was a hard like we had a long talk, you know, us and the seniors about everything. Uh, you know, we had three, uh, you know, D Reed's old former players that came in and talked to us about like who he was as a person. You know, it was it was it was interesting. You know, I thought it was very and it was great to know, you know, about him, you know, because we never mm-hmm. got to really like ever speak to him, you know. So it was it was cool to find out, you know, who he was. But it was an honor, man. I was and I, I truly think personally, I think I was the best fit. You know, I don't know what everybody else thinks. I think people would agree. You know, I tried to wear it as best as I could. And, and you know, I still wear it. I got a necklace necklace with his number on it. You know, I still wear it and I'm going to wear it probably throughout, you know, my entire career, you know, still playing football. So there, um, there are a lot of people that believe in that higher power. The, the day after he passed was the kick return for the touchdown to open the game. We've seen what Sergio was able to do. Blake Bannon was able to. And then you get the special moment this year with the pump block. Special things have happened to people wearing that number. Yeah, that that's the Central Connecticut. Um, that that really opened my eyes to that, man. That was, you know, how I blocked the punt and then it bounced perfectly into my hands. I, You know, that's. You know, football is not a circular ball, you know, so that that had to have land perfectly. So I don't know. I mean, you can call it what you want, but but man, I, I felt something in that moment. And I don't know, man, that was special. You know, he's 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 up there looking out for this team. I, I truly believe it. Here with Matthew Sexton, you look at this team and the stretch that you've been able to have this group of seniors. There are five of you that started out playing in that first Bahamas Bowl that will play in this game as at Ford Field today. What do you hope the legacy and people remember about this four-year stretch will be? I think it's it's truly the fact that for one, we turned the program around. And, you know, it's not fully around. It's not it's not truly came to, you know, all, you know, 360 around back to fruition. You know, I, I think it's we truly fought for for what we believed in and we all came here for a reason you know there's there's you know the true you know the the five seniors that came in there you know our true seniors you know there's there's something that there's something special that we truly believed in when we first got here and i mean we we've been talking about it since our freshman year you know it's just that you can you can feel it like in the energy in the air around here that something wants to change you know and i think it's the culture change here and if you know i guess you really wouldn't know if you weren't if you don't do your research you know and look look before we mm-hmm. came you know look look 5 years 6 years ago you know 7 years ago like you just you're going to see something different you know it's definitely a lot you know winning one two games you know it's and it's just a different atmosphere around, you know, I wasn't obviously wasn't here, you know, back then, but I can I can promise you that it's way different now than it was then. I appreciate your time. Great career. Just the 29th player in Eastern Michigan to history to have 1000 yards receiving in a career. Hopefully you're out there. We wish you the best of luck and congratulations on a wonderful Eastern Michigan career. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.